Welcome to the Glojo Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and every week I'll be sharing thought-provoking, soul-soothing, and inspiring conversations from personal stories to insider tips and tricks. At the Glojo, you can always find what you need when you need it most. This is permission. Permission to be you, permission to be messy, permission to feel all the feels. So what do you say? Let's do this together. I'll see you in the Glojo. Hello and welcome back. Or if this is your first time joining me in the Glojo, welcome. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and I am so excited to share the conversation with you today. I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing the wonderful Christina Howard, founder of the CL Howard Group and IntentlyCo.com. Christina has built a successful coaching and consulting firm, and she specializes in working with companies and helping them solve their people problems. She also does group coaching and one-on-one coaching, and she is absolutely amazing at what she does. And I think she's amazing at what she does because she is passionate about people and she's very curious. And she gets to the root and the core of what's going on that's causing the discord and the different issues or problems in life or what's holding you back from taking that next step. She is also such a kind, gentle, compassionate soul. She is so grounded. And the minute you hear her voice today, you are going to know exactly what I mean. She is so wise and she is absolutely full of golden nuggets. Here's a quick sneak peek of what's to come. We talk about what are boundaries and we share a personal experience of how we started to figure out this concept and that something was going on in our life. We talk about the different types of boundaries. And then we talk about the process of going from emotional suppression to emotional awareness to emotional responsibility. Christina shares some amazing advice on how you can start to clearly communicate your needs, of course, after you've identified them. And we talk about that as well. She also talks about the importance of having compassion for self. At the end of the day, we are all human. We are not perfect. We are not meant to be perfect. We are meant to be true to ourselves and to love ourselves and to have compassion. And I absolutely, I just love Christina's perspective. She also gives some tips and advice on how you can start to get more clear about what you need in your life and how you can communicate it. And then I love this. Christina also shares a really great one-liner that you can keep in your back pocket or in the notes of your cell phone for those times when you are triggered, you're in the moment, you want to speak your truth, you want to be respectful of the other person, but you don't want to lose the respect for yourself either. And so she gives a really, really great tip on how you can deal with that in the moment. As always, at the end of the conversation, I will walk you through an exercise. So I'm really excited. In this case, there's going to be a few exercises because there were so many amazing things shared. So let's hop to it. I will see you in the Glojo, and I am so excited for you to meet Christina. Hello, Christina. Welcome to the Glojo podcast. Hi, Leanne. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me today. And for everyone listening, Christina is another wonderful friend of mine. We met, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago. It wasn't three or four. It was probably three or four years ago. 
Yeah, around more. that time. Four or five. I think it could have been. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> time is maybe it was 2016, actually. Crazy. I think it was. Yes. Wow. Time yeah. goes so quickly. So, anyways, Christina and I met at a training and it was just instant. There was an instant connection, instant kinship. And after that, we stayed in touch and we've stayed in touch over the years. Sometimes we talk a lot. Sometimes we don't talk as much. But one of the things I appreciate about our friendship is every time we connect, it is real. We get to it. We have the real conversations. And Christina, you're just so wise. (laughs) You're so full of wisdom. And we always have the most interesting conversations. And so the conversation that Christina and I are going to be having today is based off of a topic that her and I have talked about so many times. In fact, we were going to start a podcast solely on this topic. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yes. We're talking about boundaries, all things boundaries. And if you're listening to this, chances are you've experienced boundary Mm -hmm. challenges in your life. And so I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Let's dive into it. Let's talk boundaries today. Sounds like a plan. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So I guess to begin with, the very first question that comes to mind, how would you describe boundaries? And when did this concept first become, like, when did you first hear about this concept and realize like, oh, this is something I should be paying attention to. There's something here for me to explore. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's always good to start with a definition, right? So the way that I think about boundaries are, it's like your property line. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's my fence and, yeah. and, and here's kind of where I end and you begin, or here's where my lines are. And I think I first really thought about them a really long time ago uh, without realizing that I was thinking about boundaries, but I can remember complaining about how many meetings I had on my calendar when I was working in corporate America. And I was saying, I don't have the time. I have too much on my calendar. And one of my team members said to me, you know, there's a decline button. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a concept. We can say no. We don't need to do everything. (laughs) Exactly. And, and, And it was just so logical and just so practical. I thought, you're right. There is a decline button. And so it's started from there, but I wouldn't have called that a boundary at that point. But it was just kind of like this little sliver of an awakening, an opening to start investigating that. Yeah. And so thank you for sharing that because I think for me, as I was preparing for our conversation today, I was like, you know, when did boundaries, the concept of boundaries come into my life? And it would have been, we'll say seven or eight years ago. And it was at a time in my life where I was doing, I was in total people pleasing mode. Like I was the perfect people pleaser and I loved everyone and I loved helping everyone and doing everything for everyone, or at least that's what I thought. I think there truly was a part of me that did enjoy that because I was getting the validation and proving my self-worth in these more codependent ways for sure. But the actual concept of boundaries, I still remember there's this one woman in my life and I was supporting her through an issue and it was this unofficial coaching it was just such an intense situation that it woke me up. And I started to explore this concept with my coach at the time. And then also later on, I've talked about this with a lot of friends, therapists, with everything. And I started to unpack and that's where my journey began. But I remember this feeling of like, feeling so violated. And it wasn't, it wasn't her fault. 
And it wasn't well, her fault. Nobody's because- fault, right? It's but it's each person's responsibility. I like to say that. Yeah, exactly. So I'd say the reason why I say it wasn't her fault is because I hadn't clearly communicated Mm -hmm. what was okay for me and what wasn't okay. And so she was just going off of like, yeah, everything's honky dory and we're just going to be cruising. And and so that's where my journey really began. What, when you first, okay, so tracking back to corporate America, Mm -hmm. you, you, you were introduced to the concept of like, oh, there's a decline button. Right. What was your journey like after that? What were some of the things that you started to explore? Did you start to notice things popping up in different areas of your life? Mm -hmm. How did this journey continue for you? Well, uh, for me, it was probably similar to you about seven or eight years ago when this kind of first popped up. And then from then it started permeating in every single aspect of my life for sure. I started noticing it in personal relationships and professional relationships and even with my husband, quite frankly. And we've had lots of conversations over the last few years because similar to you, I wasn't very clear on what my needs were. I wasn't very clear on what my wants were because I was also really good at people pleasing. And and so it's been a journey since then of really transforming the relationships because when you're someone who says yes to everything and then suddenly you become someone who starts saying no a lot more often, people seem to have a problem with that. <laughs> so. They they really do. They really, really yeah. do. And yeah. I'm actually being reminded of this is I'm gonna bounce around a little bit because yeah, this okay. this one vivid time in my life I, I'm really remembering. So I for me it's definitely showed up in friendships and relationships. Relationships, not as much. I feel like that's the place where I found my voice. And (laughs) sorry, guys, if I wasn't as (laughs) as, um, graceful as I could have been. (laughs) Then in business, in business, it really showed up for me. And I still remember working with this one client and I had absolutely zero boundaries. I would take calls at midnight, I would take calls at 6 a.m. Whenever I was needed, I would be there. And it was just almost a 24-7 around the clock lifeline. Like I felt like someone was just plugged into me, just, you know, sort of all the energy. And I was just there. I was there to, we'll say serve. (laughs) Although that's not, it was so unhealthy. And I remember I was like, okay, this is not okay anymore. I'm not accepting meetings before, then it was before 8am. Now I'm like really before 9am. No, I'm not a good. (laughs) And then even for certain things now, like I, I know myself and I know my rhythms and when, when I thrive and can show up and be my best self for certain things and for certain people. But with this particular client, I remember saying, Nope, I'm not taking meetings at this time anymore because we'd always schedule them. And then this person would be a no-show. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? I'm waking up at five or six in the morning for you. And you're not even, that's a big ask for me because I'm a night owl and you're not even showing up or you're canceling last minute. Like it was just so disrespectful. And so I started to set the boundaries and that's when the relationship really started to take a, take a decline. And I'm reminded of the quote where they say the only people who are going to be upset about you setting boundaries are the people who benefit from you not having any. And that was absolutely this situation. The working relationship continued to transform over the following months and it ended well on good terms. It was the best for everyone. But I knew it was that moment when I started respecting myself, respecting my time and clearly stating boundaries. That's when things started not working. 
for for that person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Well, and I think people don't don't know that, you know, that the relationships will evolve and they can get to a better place if both parties are willing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the rough part because once you start asserting your boundaries, some relationships end. And that's can be really challenging for people to come to terms with. Yeah, um, yeah. They it definitely I, I know that was now I can talk about it and see mm-hmm. hindsight is twenty twenty. I'm on the other side of it. But at the time when I set that boundary, there were the parts of me that was like, ooh, but I wanna like it, it was so difficult to maintain. Absolutely yeah. so difficult to maintain. So I just thinking thinking back to the couple of stories that I've shared, I'm remembering like how it felt in my body, what the thoughts were mm-hmm. and what was going through my mind when my boundaries were crossed. I'm really interested to hear what are the telltale signs where it's like red flag boundary is being crossed. Like the electric fence starts to like go off. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I think uh, it comes up in a few different ways. And even when I'm working with my clients, I see it too. So first is the language. So Mm -hmm. when I start complaining, Uh if I'm complaining about something or someone, then that is a telltale sign that a boundary has been crossed. And if I'm feeling resentment or guilt, that's also a signal that a boundary has been crossed. So I have to stop and ask myself, well, where is this resentment coming from? Or where is this guilt coming from? And then similar to you, there's a body awareness, right? Because you got to go through all the different levels of awareness, kind of that verbal, the language, the you know, and then the feelings on the inside, but then also the pain in the body. So I know when I'm feeling like my boundaries are being crossed, I get this really specific pain in my right shoulder. Wow. And I can like, I've learned that that is the message that I'm doing for or being for someone or something Mm -hmm. that I really am not aligned to or don't want to be. And I'm not honoring that. And so it's those three different areas that I look at. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing. You're so insightful and that's so self-reflective and being able to take responsibility. So when you notice Mm -hmm. you start to complain, when you're feeling resentment and when you're feeling guilt, those are your signs. Like, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. there's something more going on here for me to explore. Right. Yeah. Right. And I used to, this was one of the biggest things when it came to setting boundaries. I used to have the default question of myself of what's wrong with me. Why can't I do this for them? What, right? right? So I put all the responsibility on myself. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the kind of the roadblocks and the challenges to really busting through um, this challenge of asserting boundaries as I had to flip that question and, you know, start asking myself, what do I need? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And so what were some of the... Well, first, okay, I have so many questions. (laughs) And so how did you figure out that for you, it was the complaining, it was the resentment, it was the guilt, and then this pain (laughs) in in your shoulder that showed up? How did you start to, you know, track back and be like, oh, when, when this starts to surface, I know this is related to a boundary being crossed or not being respected. 
Well, it's, you know, I, I practice a lot of mindfulness. I'm a little spotty with meditation, though I do that as well. But I do a lot of a little mini mindfulness moments all day long. And when you're mindful, you notice things differently. You give yourself that 10, 20, 30 seconds of space to go inwards because mm-hmm. we're often in our heads. And so I was definitely somebody that could really stay in my head. So I had to learn to be in my body. And I know that's something that you do really well. Which I've always admired about you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. I love it. So I really practice on being in my body and becoming more aware of what was happening and then figuring and then attaching it to my head, right? Of, okay. What is the question I need to ask? I'm a coach, right? I ask questions for a living. So I started asking my quest- myself questions. What is this about? What do I need? What do I want? Where is this coming mm-hmm. from? I would ask myself things like, what did I just think about? Mm-hmm. You know, what have I been thinking about that I am unconscious to? And, and so going on that kind of a reflective journey, you know, will get you to the spot. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And you are such an incredible coach. And those questions are so insightful and so resourceful. Can you go through them again? Because I want everyone who's listening, the one thing, and they, they don't need to be exactly the same, but just I know, do I'm like, a, will do, I say in the same do, way? So for everyone listening right now, I'd love for you to just like tune in and take some notes on these questions. And I'll make sure that these questions are actually shared in the show notes as well. Because I think that the more, the better questions we ask ourselves, mm-hmm the better results we're going to get. And a lot of times it is in the question. So I know, I remember it was about a month ago and I woke up and it was Monday and I had the worst anxiety. And the question and what was running through my head was, oh my God, how am I going to make it through the day? How am I going to make it through the day? Oh my God, oh my God. And and I caught myself, like this is the absolute worst question to ask. I didn't want to judge myself, but I'm like, what are you doing? This question is not productive and it's not going to help you move forward and get the results that you're looking for to feel better and to actually be able to show up for your clients and do the work you need to do. And mm-hmm. so I, the question I asked myself is, how can I make today great? Or how can I... There was a couple of questions, but that was definitely one of them. Like, how can I, how can I feel good today? What's one thing I can do to get the ball rolling? And it's interesting because as soon as I stopped and asked myself those questions, I took notes Literally, I was like, wow, (laughs) thank you, higher self, or part of me that is wiser than I am right now. Because the guidance I received was so bang on for what I needed in that moment. And then I Mm -hmm. felt like, okay, cool, I can do that. And off I went. Yeah. And so, yeah, amazing. Let's do a recap. What are some questions that people can ask themselves to be, you know, just learning to be resourceful and and mindful in these moments when we start to spiral and, and go into our patterns? That makes sense. And and so some of the questions I said were, what's what's going on for me right now? What do I want? What do I need? And, um, you know, when you were talking, I was thinking of a few others because oftentimes we do flip into the, the judge. We have this inner judge right. that, you know, is the what you know, asking the what's wrong with you question in different forms, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's really in that moment, that's a clue that you need some self-compassion, which high achievers typically don't give themselves, right? Uh, and so it, I know it is. And so it's really asking yourself, that's why I love the questions of what do I need? What do I want? You know, what have I been thinking about that's leading to this current mindset, right? That to kind of trace really- that back. 
That mm-hmm. one really stood out to me. What was I thinking about? Because I, I know for myself, at least there, as much as I'm a feeler and I will be connected to my body, my, my mind definitely will take over and it will race. And I get caught in these <clears throat> really unproductive loops. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden I find myself, Whoa, why, why do I feel like this? Or why do, you know, for me, it does really show up in my body. That's more like I'm, I'm tuned into my physical cues. And mm-hmm. when I stop and think about it, I usually I'm like, oh, oh, I was actually thinking about that. And no wonder I'm feeling like this. And so that's a cue for me to go and explore that. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely love, thank you for sharing those questions. (laughs) Well, the other thing that's also that comes up when this happens is those, all those voices in your head, uh, this will sound very strange and yet it's very effective is you actually label them and you give them names. And they're different pieces of you that you've developed over the years. And they need boundaries too, quite frankly. Ah. So because they just show up unannounced and uninvited. And there are the inner judge, the protector, you know, the teacher, all the things. And so I label them now. So like when the little me shows up because she has a certain way that she likes to stay safe in the world. And when she shows up trying to run the show, I have to put a boundary around, you know, I got this. You can sit in the passenger seat. I'm going to drive today. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what was coming to my mind when you started sharing that. It's like, okay, thanks for showing up. You're not driving. You can go in the (laughs) backseat. You you can try to be a backseat driver, but no, that's not going to work. Exactly. driving the car. Um, I absolutely love that concept of actually tuning into our inner voices and Mm -hmm. giving them those names and identifying them, but then setting boundaries for them too. Yes. Ooh, Mm -hmm. what a twist. I love it. You're always full of, (laughs) you're always full of these amazing nuggets. Thank you so much for sharing that. So now on the flip side, Mm -hmm. how do you feel when you set boundaries and they're respected? How does that feel? Mm, That feels very energizing and expanding, right? It feels peaceful and it makes the relationship so much better when it just, it makes it feel easier, quite frankly, when somebody is just so respectful of your boundaries and really can kind of get in your brain or get in your shoes with it. And it makes it easier to be in relationship with that person. Right. Yeah. I love all of that. And I would have to agree. Yeah. It feels very accepting. Yeah, it does. And I love Mm -hmm. how you use the word expansive. Uh, I do believe that boundaries are expansive. And even though that seems, you know, it almost, it might seem like it's the opposite. And I know Mm -hmm. for me, I've been someone who I used to hate structure, but no structure. I don't like it. I don't like routine. I don't like this. And like, in some ways, boundaries, they, it sounds like, ooh, restrictive or don't put me in a box. Like nobody puts baby in the corner type thing. But there's something that's so freeing and liberating when you can actually start to live with healthy boundaries and structure and routine. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, and structure and routine are ways that we put self boundaries yeah. on ourselves, right? Because right. we want to get certain results and and then we have to have the structure or the discipline to put in place uh, to get those results. So it becomes a self boundary because we're making gosh. choices, right? Okay. We're making choices. Mm-hmm. So another question that comes to mind when you say that, 
what are all the different types of boundaries? <laughs> There's because you okay, so we have self-boundaries, which you right. don't usually hear people talk about self-boundaries, like with yourself and how you operate in your day-to-day without relating to other people. We've got yeah, the boundaries that are going on with our inner, inner parts, voices, inner right? voices All the parts. that are mm-hmm. wanting to take take control and drive the car. What other yeah. types of boundaries exist? I mean, you know, honestly, I think that there I've not thought about it in that way before. But I'm thinking that it's, it is, they're all self boundaries, quite frankly, if you really think about it, because it's being able to identify what your needs and your wants are and also have the awareness of what's going on inside your body, your mind that, you know, creates the situation where you would want to have a boundary. So, uh, you know, they come into contact with other people. But if you really think about it, they're all self motivated and self-made, right? So they're all based on our belief systems, how we grew up, you know, how emotional we are in the moment, right? Because I might have a different boundary when I'm feeling triggered than I would if I'm not stressed and I'm calm. That's very true. (laughs) Right? And so that I think that's a piece of it too. So I think they're all really self-boundaries. I don't know. How do you think about it? The structure and the routine, that's a boundary with yourself that you create to be able to accomplish and feel the way you want to feel. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, yeah, that actually, I've never looked at it quite like that. So when I think of boundaries, I think there's the energetic boundaries because I am True. a feeler mm-hmm. and I'm very empathic and I'll feel, for me, it's kinesthetic. I feel in yes. my body. And so mm-hmm. I remember at one point it was like doing all the visualizations and layering on all of this we'll say protective energetic armor. And it's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go out into the world and to leave my <laughs> and to leave my safe bubble. And so for me, there's been energetic verbal boundaries, definitely, and being able to communicate them. And, and that's something that I actually want to talk about next. But I think it's one thing to know our boundaries. And mm-hmm. that's a whole journey of being able to figure out our boundaries. And then there's the other piece in communicating with them. So for me, there's the like physical sort of, or there's the energetic boundaries. Now I'm adding Mm -hmm. the self and the inner voices. There's the verbal boundaries. And then there's physical boundaries. Like, no, stop, stay away. (laughs) Like physical in this moment, like you said, our property line. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I think though, the common thing that these all have, uh, you know, all these boundaries have in common and they all definitely relate to self is starting with knowing yourself and accepting yourself and getting in tune with what you need to be able to thrive and feel feel safe and just rock your rock your life. And so I would love to hear, I know that self-acceptance and really getting in touch with who you are at your core and what you need is near and dear to you and a part of the work you do. And so I'd love to hear what has your journey been with this and when you're coaching and working with people, what shows up for them and how do you help them really lock into what's true for them? Mm -hmm. It's a really good question. When I think about that, what comes to mind is kind of the journey that I personally went on because 10 years ago, I would have told you this sounds super arrogant, but I would have said, I have a lot of emotional intelligence. I can read people. I have intuition, right? All the things that an empath has. And what I realized in hindsight is I actually wasn't very good at emotional regulation. I was very good at emotional suppression. 
It's very different, Uh (laughs) right? So whereas you are very good at being in your body and understanding what's going on, I was not. And so that became a superpower in the corporate world, right? Because I could do a lot and be a lot and didn't ever look like I got you know, my feathers ruffled. So I had to go from, you know, this emotional suppression to emotional awareness, then to emotional responsibility where I could sit with the discomfort of a feeling and still ask for what I need, right? And then I actually was able to truly emotionally regulate because I was able to actually feel everything, the good, the highs, lows, the bads, you know, negative, positive, and still move forward. And I think that's what's required when you communicate boundaries. Because if you communicate it with harshness, anger, aggression, what happens is it pushes the other person away, like physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And that's not really what a boundary is always trying to do. Unless you're in a situation where there truly is physical harm coming your way. And right, I'm not talking about those kinds of situations. I'm talking about where two different individuals are trying to come together, right? In a productive, meaningful, and safe way. (laughs) So it's you have to have that acceptance of yourself so that when, you know, I communicate it, I can say it with a lot of love and and it's received hopefully with love, even if it causes discomfort. For the other person, and that's that's a daily practice. <laughs> oh yeah, that is. It's yeah. you know. I thank you for sharing that. Oh my goodness, I'm excited to go re-listen to that piece because the way you shared it was just so so well said and 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 so true for the inner journey of mm-hmm. connecting to emotions, figuring them, learning, connecting to them, acknowledging them, learning from them. And then being responsible and learning what to do with them. Now, as emotional as I am, and I share a lot, I still have suppressed a lot over the years. And it has been messy and it'll still be messy when I go to share certain things. It doesn't always come out um, of course. Like, I, like I would want it to. And a lot of times for me, it's when I hold it in way longer than I should. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I don't express something in the moment or when I let the little things start to add up and stack on top of each other. That's when it can be the tiniest little thing, but it truly is the camel that broke the straw that broke the camel's back moment right. where it could be the littlest thing. And then all of a sudden my reaction is like, ah! and the person <laughs> on the other side is like, what, what did I do? What's right. wrong? Yeah. So yeah. I love that you said it's a daily practice. It definitely gets easier the more you do it. It's like that we're flexing our boundary muscle. And that emotion muscle. It can be very messy. Probably two months ago, had a messy conversation with one of my really good friends. She was talking about something going on in her life. And and it's something that I've been like riding shotgun with her on and been really negatively impacted by the person that she had become over the last three or four years. And she was telling me some stories about what was happening now. And she could see that I was getting triggered, right? Because I've gotten better at showing uh, on the outside what's going on on the inside, right? So because I'm not suppressing. And and she's like, well, what's going on with you? And I said, well, this is going to be really messy. If you want to know right now, I'm going to tell you. And I'm just not going to be able to say it in a way that is probably going to feel great. And I recognize that. And I hope you recognize that. And I'm going to say it. And so then I said it. And she's like, 
what am I supposed to do with that? And, I, and I'm like, I don't know that we have to do anything with it right now. It's just, this is what I'm feeling. It's not your responsibility to fix my feelings. That's mine. But I want you to be aware of how I'm feeling. And and then we can just kind of go from there. And then we had two or three more conversations about that later uh, at different times where we were calmer about it. But sometimes you're, it's just, it's messy. Life is messy. Yeah, it can be. And I yeah. think it's important to recognize that it's part of the process mm-hmm. and be okay with it. It does get messy. And what's really helped me is that I've chosen friends, it's almost like the safe people to learn these lessons with. And yep. I've said, hey, they've known that boundaries have been an issue for me or communicating <clears throat> what I need in certain situations has been a challenge. And so we've actually created a safe container. And right. I've said, can this, I'm learning how to do this. It's probably going to come out as passive aggressive or angry or messy <laughs> or really emotional and layers of different things. But can you be this person with me? Because I value our relationship and I want to be able to practice expressing and communicating. I feel very grateful for the people who have been with me in this journey of stepping out of the people pleaser into really acknowledging and being honest with myself about what I need and asserting my boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for everyone listening, find your boundary buddy. Christina, can you be my boundary buddy? (laughs) Of course, we always are for each other, right? (laughs) I know, I think we already are. Find that person where you can have these conversations with and also that person that you can practice with. So we've talked about the self-acceptance and compassion and mindfulness and awareness in tuning into what you need. And I do think that's like the big... It's like one, recognizing a boundary is needed. Two, exploring what the heck that boundary is. Mm-hmm. And then the next part is communicating it. And so yeah. you're such a beautiful communicator. You're vulnerable, yet I want to use like their strength. It's like, it's just this like, direct, so yes. yeah, I would like, I was going to say strong, I'm very but like direct, yes. direct, but you're yeah. vulnerable and you say it with love. What's the advice that you have for everyone listening right now? How can they become beautiful, vulnerable, yet badass, like blunt and strong communicators? Uh, I'd say it's a practice and a journey and I'm certainly not perfect at it. So I don't want to give you that impression. It is something that I focus on though, because uh, that's the only way we can get better at it. But if you ask my husband, he would probably say <laughs> that I'm more direct than kind at times, <laughs> So, which is unfortunate. So I work on that too. I think the most important thing is to start with the feelings. And oftentimes we want to tell the other person what they did wrong. Right, or blame or pass some kind of judgment or tell them that they were disrespectful or unthoughtful. I've certainly done things like that too. Mm-hmm. But it's really not about that. It's about my needs, my wants. Right. And so, you know, it's saying, I need more tenderness. Mm-hmm. I need to not be spoken to that way. You know, so if we take that responsibility on ourselves, and this is where I practice a lot because I'm a coach and I'm a teacher and I facilitate and I do a lot of this stuff for the for, as a living. And so I can get a little preachy sometimes about it. And so I have to really kind of work myself back into the body, the feeling side of what do I really need? What do I really want? Because that's what all boundaries come back to. And everything else is the choice for the other person. 
it's it's their choice. So all I can all I'm responsible for is saying what I need, what do I want, and and then they get to make their choices. So I think that's where it starts is with the feelings that are originating inside of yourself. Yeah, I love that. And so there's a couple of things. So again, going back to the feelings, identifying and being self-aware and right. owning that and being responsible. Mm-hmm. And part of being responsible for our feelings and our needs is this communication piece. You're not blaming the other person. You're not saying what's wrong with them. And let's be honest, like when we've when when we're triggered and when there's something going on, it's so easy to be like, you're just blah, 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 blah. And I'm right. not putting up with this anymore. Right. That's exactly. not a boundary. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That's not a healthy boundary. That's not going to get the response that you want. And so do you have any advice for people who are listening what to do when like maybe there is, I don't want to say maybe there is something wrong with that person, but maybe <laughs> there is something really valid or like those those emotions that we experience, like they're true, they're there. We can feel triggered right. and we can project and have this experience of someone. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you self-regulate? <laughs> do you have any tools or tips for like pushing that to the side and getting to the place where you are ready to take responsibility and communicate vulnerably without blaming the other person. (laughs) Well, so I'm a big fan of just having words or a phrase at the ready, right? That you can practice and that you can use in any given situation. So I I usually give this to my clients too, and I use it myself. The, The easiest way to do it and to ground it before the insult flies out of your mouth is to simply say, and what is happening is not okay with me. All right. And what is happening? Not okay with me. Right. Boom. I'm going to write that one down. Right. And I'm going to include that one in the show notes as well. And (laughs) what is happening is not okay with me. You know, I I love the concept of having things prepared ahead of time and having our go-to phrases. And I'm just being reminded, I, I feel like I've come up with a lot of these with you over <laughs> over the years. It's like, okay, what am I going to say if this happens? Or what am I going to say um, the next time this happens? Because a lot of times I do think we experience these repeating patterns in our life. And so don't beat yourself up if something just happened and you didn't deal with it as well as you would have liked to. Use that as a learning lesson and get prepared for the next time. <laughs> because these yeah. things repeat until we learn our lessons. So... They do. And they're not, the saying something like, you know, it's not okay with me now gives the other person the opportunity to close the distance and to Mm -hmm. come towards you. And no matter how much we practice any conversation, it never goes the way we think it's going to go. And that's why having one or two sentences that you can go to in a time of stress, I find so helpful. And it like keeps it keeps me grounded. And I can kind of return to that center when I get off track because I will certainly get off track too, as my husband would tell you. <laughs> so. It's funny how we learn with the people who are closest to us. They'll of take course. the... <laughs> it's unfortunate, but yes, it's true. I'm sure everybody has a phone. With a notes section, have a note dedicated in there to like my one-liners or Mm -hmm. my whatever it is that's going to be easy for you to find in the moment when you need that Mm -hmm. reminder to ground down. I know I I just wanted to take a deep breath and I'm sure that helps as well. Yeah, it does. (sighs) Take a deep breath to just Mm -hmm. be present and settle. Okay, so this is good. So I love that. Now, the other piece that you said is that 
I, I love this saying, like, keep your side of the street clean. We've just, yes. we've got to focus on our side of the street. And 100%. so now let's talk about the other person's side of the street, because if, you know, for people pleasers and for a, a lot of people, it's really mm-hmm. difficult to not want to take responsibility for the other person's experience and for what's going on over on their side. And mm-hmm. with everything you shared around this form of communication, there's self-responsibility and then however that person responds and reacts is up to them. How yeah. do you find peace with that? How do you let go of it? How do you not want to, you know, go into full taking responsibility, control mode or people pleasing mode? You just be okay with them taking care of their side of the street and not go into wanting to take care of their side of the street. Got it. Okay. So, I, well, I would say that is um, still our responsibility because uh, have you heard of the Cartman drama triangle? Is it the victim, perpetrator? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rescuer, right? Yes, rescuer. And right. It's the rescuer. It's the rescuer uh, starting gate. And so that's what that is. And so if, you know, I've done a lot of work and just practicing, you know, as people in the helping professions, we tend to be our starting gate is rescuer, right? Or we like to jump in and help people. And if you're going to change a behavior, you start at the root. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I can start at the root of not rescuing people and rec- and recognizing when I'm stepping in, over-functioning and taking on more responsibility than is mine because the rest is theirs. Yeah. And if I step in to rescue, then I'm making them a victim in some way. Mm-hmm. And so, and so then they have even more things to complain about right? <laughs> with me. Very and so true. again, I think it's still, I think it's still like self boundaries and self responsibility to recognize and just have a level of self awareness of the, the contribution that I'm making to the dynamic and then talking about it. Cause a lot of people will allow you to talk about that. And so I'll own that in a conversation. And when you own something in a conversation, it, inevitably creates a safe space for the other person to own their part. And it's probably something that I would never get from that other person if I didn't first own my piece and make myself vulnerable to say, I see that this is what I'm contributing to the to our dynamic right now. And I'm wondering how you're experiencing that. And then the conversation is usually good from there. Wow. So beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's truly, it's lead by example. Be the change mm-hmm. you wish to see, <laughs> in, the see world. in the world, right? <laughs> yes. yes, totally. This, so there's one more question. I know we've already kind of covered this, but I'm just interested to see if any other golden nuggets and notables flow through you. Self-awareness has been a huge, huge, huge thread throughout our mm-hmm. entire conversation. Yeah. What advice do you have for people out there who are on this journey and want to truly become more self-aware? I know you shared that mindfulness is something that you practice. Do you have any other, you know, the self-reflections, checking in questions? Is there anything else that comes to mind around where, how someone can really take the next step on this self-awareness journey? Well, I think it's, it's not only being so, the way I think you're self-aware is asking yourself questions, right? And so because you start to connect the dots to your past. And sometimes when I realize sometimes if I'm having, 
you know, an emotional response on a level of one to 10, and it's at an eight. And the situation, if you look at it logically, isn't really an eight, then I know that there's probably something from the past that I'm bringing into the present. And so it's that ability to ask yourself questions, to stop, to take the responsibility and to really examine yourself. But we have to be open for self-examination. And that can be really challenging when you don't have self-compassion. And a lot of times we have so much empathy for other people and we don't have a lot of empathy for ourselves. And so I've really practiced self-empathy as well because if I don't take care of me, how can I expect other people to kind of fill this well because it could never be filled. So I've really got to be able to know you know, what will fill me up. And so it's kind of like reparenting yourself because we all have some gaps from our childhood that we need filling. <laughs> <laughs> so, Very nice even if we it. had the most amazing parents, yeah, because we interpreted the world in a different way that we never told our parents. So how could they know? I think it's just being open and available for that self-examination process, but it requires a lot of compassion. So that's my piggybacking question is yeah. any tips for cultivating compassion, especially with self? Is why is it so easy for us to be compassionate and show empathy for other people? And when it comes to ourselves, it's just like, it, it, it's a challenge. And so yeah. I'd love to hear what's helped you on the self-compassion journey. Mm, I see the, I guess it's not that, I don't see, I feel the feelings differently in my body now when I am compassionate towards myself. And it allows me to grow so much more. And it was one of the things because I didn't have as much empathy for myself, being a high achiever, it was really hard to kind of get to the next level until I started having some some compassion for myself. Because think about it, when somebody says to you, it's okay and where you are is okay, and I know you're going to get to where you want to be, you have so much more energy to take the next step. (laughs) Right. And so I started to like realize that, that I have so much more energy to take the next step when I'm compassionate with myself and I show myself empathy and love. And then I started to get really playful about it. And I know you love play. I I, (laughs) I know, I know. I think about you every time I think of being playful or when I remind my clients to be playful, I'm like, we need a session with Leanne. So, and so then I take like a playful attitude towards my mistakes, my imperfections. I've learned what my unconscious patterns are. And so I just, when they show up, I'm like, "Hmm, look, there's that again. And just kind of be playful with myself because I'm like, okay, I found that out much sooner than I did before. So it's great. I love that. It's like what I hear there is recognizing, Mm -hmm. acknowledging and not being attached to it or giving it, creating this big hubbub story around it. Yeah. Just like, oh, we can choose for it to be a moment in time or to become this huge thing and take over. And what I'm hearing is that you've really learned how to make the choice in those moments, choose compassion. And I love how it's like a moment of compassion can fuel a lifetime of dreams. (laughs) Yes, and growth and abundance, right? Yeah. Versus like hitting, like like beating ourselves up and like, I must try harder and force. I know for sheer will, has only gotten me so far. Yeah. The grit and the grind just doesn't, it just doesn't get you anywhere. The grace gets you so much farther. It it worked up until a certain point and then it really backfired. (laughs) So 
And so find That's found a, a new path. Out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been such an incredible, inspiring conversation. I'm so grateful to have you as a friend in my life. And thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and personal heartfelt experience with the listeners today. Well, thank you for sharing yours too. It's always fun seeing you. I just love it. And so final question of the day. Okay. What fuels your feel good? Because at the Glojo, we are Mm -hmm. all about Paying attention to what makes us feel good. Because when we feel good, we're aligned, it's a lot easier to make the impact and do what we want to do in the world. For me, I have been focused on pleasure and really what feels pleasurable. And it's not just physical, it's also spiritual, mental, energetically. And if it just kind of gives me that sense of playfulness, there's a little bit of excitement inside of me, then that's kind of my, I guess, my Glojo place. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And I'm a big advocate for pleasure. Thank you so much for, for sharing everything you did today and have a wonderful, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, Leanne. You too. What an amazing interview. Do you see what I mean about Christina? She is so grounded and wise and kind and caring. I just, I adore her and I'm so grateful that she joined us in the Glojo and that she was able to share her wisdom and her insight with us. There's a lot to recap today, so I'm just going to hop right to it. What is your relationship with boundaries? Is this something that's fairly easy for you? Do you have strong boundaries? Is this natural for you? Or is this something you struggle with? As I mentioned, I know this is something I struggle with and I know a lot of friends who struggle with this as well. Or maybe this is the first time you're thinking about this topic and you're like, oh my gosh, this whole new world has just opened up and you have a lot of pondering to do. No matter where you're at on your boundary journey, always remember to be gentle and kind with yourself. Compassion is key no matter what. Let's dive into some exercises. If you haven't already, grab a notebook or a journal grab a pen and get ready to ponder. The first question I have for you, what are the signs when your boundaries are being crossed? Now, what are your telltale signs or those red flags, those alerts that go off for you? And you're like, wait a minute, something doesn't feel right here. For Christina, she shared it's when she starts complaining about someone or something. She also will start to feel resentment or guilt. And she also gets the pain in her right shoulder, which I found absolutely fascinating. So what is it for you? Second question, is there a boundary being crossed in your life right now? Or maybe if there's not a really intense issue going on, is there an area of your life where you'd like to have stronger boundaries? Remember, we have different types of boundaries. There's energetic boundaries, there's verbal boundaries, physical boundaries like that property line. And then there's the self boundaries. I want you to choose one area of your life or one specific situation where you want to focus on establishing stronger boundaries. Okay, so now that you've identified the area, let's drill down a little more. What is the boundary you would like to establish? Is it a work boundary with a colleague or an employee? Is it a boundary with a friend or maybe your partner? Or is it a boundary with yourself? 
Remember, it's your responsibility to identify what's right for you. And so think about that. It can be small as well. If boundaries are something that are really challenging for you, don't start with the big mountain to climb. Focus on something smaller. Focus on something that's going to be easy or easier for you to take that next step in the right direction or in this new direction. Once you have clarity on what the boundary is and what you need, because remember, boundaries are about getting to know yourself and understanding yourself in a new way and really identifying what you need to be able to show up as your best self and be healthy. So as I said, it's your responsibility to identify the boundary. And guess what? It's also your responsibility to communicate this boundary. So yes, this can be really, really awkward at first especially if it's difficult for you to speak your truth and really say what you need. It can also be really charged and intense if emotions are running high and if you're triggered in the moment. Remember what Christina said about having that go-to phrase that you can use in the moment when the trigger hits (laughs) and when emotions are running high. For her, it was, and that's not okay with me. You can also say, I need to remove myself from the situation. I need time to think about this. I need time to think about what's right for me and I'll connect with you later. This is where I also recommend having a boundary buddy. This can be a friend, someone close in your life, someone who is going to love and accept you through the messiness of your personal growth and somebody who can hold that safe space and be that safe space and that container for you as you learn to speak your truth, as you learn to set boundaries. So if you don't have this person already, or if you don't have a friendship or a relationship that you feel comfortable in doing this, really start thinking, who could be the person that I start to flex my boundary muscles with and build my boundary muscles with? Trust me, having someone who is on board to help you in this area of evolution, it's a game changer. Here are a few tips for communicating your boundaries. Remember to focus on you. This is your experience. Focus on how you feel and also really stay connected and tuned in to what you need. Don't place blame. Don't point fingers. And be careful not to make assumptions either because it can be so easy to do that. Remember, this is ultimately not about the other person, even though it might seem like it is. This is about you standing strong in your truth and claiming what you need. And remember to have boundaries with yourself as well. This can be a really, really great place to start. Like Christina said, we all have these parts, many parts of us. So pay attention to what part of you is in the driver's seat. Make sure it's the grounded, clear, empowered adult you who is driving and not the inner child or the, you know, party animal came to mind or the wild child. Make sure it's the empowered, grounded you who is in that driver's seat. You've got this. And remember, practice makes perfect, or rather practice is progress. And that's what we're striving for at the Glojo, progress. Good luck on your journey with setting boundaries as you go from emotional suppression to emotional awareness, to emotional responsibility, This can actually be something that's more fun than it sounds. So just roll up your sleeves, get clear on what you need and communicate from a place of love and with compassion. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please reach out to me and let me know. Let me know what were the ahas? What were those big moments for you? 
You can find me on Instagram at Leanne Kalal. That's at L-E-A-N-N-E-K-A-L-L-A-L. Also leave a review. I love reading your reviews. Thank you so much to everyone who has contacted me and reached out and shared their experience with the podcast thus far. Thank you to everyone who's been writing a review or leaving a five-star review. I so appreciate you. If you've loved this episode or if you know someone in your life who would benefit from this episode, please pass it on. I really do think this is such an important conversation and it's free to share. And who knows, maybe you sending them this episode is exactly what they need. All right, bye for now and thank you for joining me in the Glojo.